And welcome to Western Kabuki, as always brought to you by Autism. Uh, Marcos, our guest today, told us that he would be 10 minutes late. And guess what time we're starting? Uh, 10 minutes. Marcos, how we doing? The homie himself joining us once again. Marcos, I'm talking to you first. How we doing, Marcos? What's up? I, I, got, I got some stuff to talk about regarding my last episode on the pod with you guys and oh, the exposure. I think it's best to leave the past in the past, my brother. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, this isn't correcting the record at all. This is more or less just like letting you, letting all of you know what like you've exposed me to now. Right? <laughs> so like, we'll, we'll talk about it. It's fun. It's funnier. We'll, I'll let everyone get their spiel out, but it's something we got to talk about at some point. We are, we'll get right the fuck into it. I, I first, I gotta, I gotta go to my main man, our, our, our producer himself, Alex. Alex, how are you? I'm great, man. Uh, starting 10 minutes on the dot uh, from when we were supposed to is um, actually pretty good for us. So hell yes honestly yeah hell yeah. yes big w and i'll tell you i'll tell you right now my 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 secondary man that's caleb uh i'm looking right at him uh his name is on my screen and and i will say caleb pulled an incredible premium guest that you can listen to us we will be recording right after we talk to marcos about gooning we are going to talk to an incredible <laughs> guest brought to you by caleb caleb i'd love for you to announce who we'll be talking to behind the paywall. Yeah, um, this will lead me into my segue uh, that I wanted to rant about this episode first anyway. But yeah, uh, we are going to be talking to none other than Brian Krasenstein, the, the of the brothers Krasenstein fame. You have seen them in Donald Trump's replies. You have seen them in Elon Musk's replies. You've seen them all over the internet. Collectively, I think they have like, over all their platforms, something like five, six million followers. They're everywhere. They're everywhere you want to be. And we've You've got even them. seen them in financial crimes. You've seen <laughs> <Yeah>. them everywhere. <laughs> Yo, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully don't scare them off. I have uh, a list of questions I want to ask. Um, and we'll see. But that we're going to do it. My- we're going to me and Caleb are going to do a good cop, bad cop thing. I'm going to come yeah. in and be like, what's up, man? How's it going? And then Caleb's <laughs> going to be like, what happened to your first wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whack. You're like, oh, what's your what's your workout? You're like, what do you what are you doing? Yeah. Like, and I'm like, tell me about we go- your crimes now. Yeah. Where? <laughs> Like, is Jeffrey Epstein really dead? Yeah, <laughs> I gotta hear about your calves, Brian. Uh, and and of course, Juniper June, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Very Hell excited yes. to talk to Marcos about as as we've stated gooning, and then also for to, to hear about some crimes later on. <sighs> so that was my thing. We have all these. The the show is is growing still at an astronomical rate. We're getting all these crazy guests. We're having a lot of uh, fun times. We're doing all this great stuff. But I can't fucking escape this gooning jack-off shit. It's all anybody wants to talk about. It's all the fucking texts and emails that we get in the mailbag. It's all about gooning. It's like when I go on other podcasts, they're like, oh, fucking the gooning episode. And I'm like, oh, my God. I can't really. Like, I, okay. I only agreed to do this episode so I could finally be released from my goon cave. This is it. <laughs> you, we're going to do this episode. We brought Marcus back. And when I told everybody in the Discord that we were doing this today, it exploded. People were going crazy. That not only we're we doing returning to Gooning, but we're bringing Marcos back. This is uh, the Western Kabuki equivalent it. of the audience yelling, "Shut up and play the hits." <laughs> 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 so, and we do indeed want to hold your hand while we masturbate in a goon cave together. So, uh, Marcos, 
<laughs> when you came on to our episode, you dropped yeah. many uh, tidbits about yourself and your life and your past uh, and your uh, present. Um, and and I, a lot of people what? are concerned about your personal connection to gooning. And so I want I, we want you to expand on it. One of the most psychotic things about me <laughs> is is that I was a gooner and I gooned, but I'm a normal guy. Does that make it? That's worse. Like, you know, like you expect like a tragic backstory. Well, I mean, I had a tragic backstory, but like I got over it and I'm fine now. And if when I say that out loud, it makes me sound, it makes me sound more psychotic. There's no way you can't, once you dip your toes into something that like insane, right? You can't really get out of it without ever like, you, no, no, you have to believe me. I'm regular. No, I'm normal, guys. <laughs> yeah, like when, when you dropped that when we were talking about because it was it was the worst tweets of of the year so far episode, and you dropped that I just like out of nowhere. I don't even remember the context, but I was like <laughs> it like flashbanged me. I was like, wait, are you kidding me? What's no? What's, no, okay, what's going not. on here? <laughs> I got angry DMs from Marcus, being like, you guys, you guys missed the yeah. fucking point. <laughs> you guys, so you don't understand the point because okay, we don't. Yeah, Marcos, we do not. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot going on in like, okay, at the core, this is just I've had like what it is is that like I somehow managed to go so deep into like the lonely sphere is what I called it, right? Like there's an entire just like just a myriad of people in the world that are the loneliest fucking people you could ever imagine being. Right. And like they exist and they don't know how to properly function and they don't know how to like and it's and like the more that they try to escape that alienation, you want to get into like all, you know, like into the brass tacks. It has something to do with capitalism, furthering our alienation from, you know, the society that we exist in. But I like I grew up in the lonely sphere. Right. Like I grew up around desperately lonely people my entire life and I got to know them up close and personal. And because of that. I, I was part of their interest. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and one of the, one of the many interests that I was meeting, like when I was younger, like, I want to say like 15 or 16 and like understanding like my own journey. I have like, no matter what, I always have these like really strange, like the rules don't apply to me in a lot of ways sometimes. And I don't know if that's out of luck or if it's just because like I'm too dense, like my brain is too dense for like psychic damage to take hold. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think like, I think you were talking to three people who know 100% exactly what you mean when you say that. <laughs> my friend. Yeah, like, so like growing up when I was like 14, I, when I, well, like when I was like, when I was like 11, I realized that I was like bisexual, right? And it, it wasn't like a realization. It was just kind of like, why can't I like girls and guys? You know what I mean? It was not, it was a very, there was an innocentness to it that I don't think a lot of people have the same context for. Like I just kind of understood it about myself. And because of that, I didn't really wrestle with it, right? And when I got to like high school and like when I was like 14, 15, I was openly bisexual and that was in the early 2000s at a time when that shit was not cool to be that way. But I was also extremely big and extremely strong and extremely violent. So anyone who ever tried to give me shit about that or like call me gay or anything like that, I would just beat the living shit out of them. <laughs> so like very soon people realized Marcos is not gay 
there's something they didn't know where to put me. You know what I'm saying? They're like, this guy, he's he's out here. You doing could gay. seriously have like a, a a whole YouTube and like Twitter gimmick of like like the based gay or something like that. <laughs> 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 like, but you're like if, if you if you came up these days, yeah, that would be like an yeah. easy grift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's I mean, but it was it was crazy that I was like because like to me it wasn't even I didn't I was just like yo I'm I don't care about who I'm like kissing or like who i'm trying to you know what i'm saying and what ended up happening is it put me in a fucking weird position because i was in this position where like everyone knew that i was down to clown but people <laughs> like would reach out to me to like experiment do you know yeah, what i'm saying the, like yeah you're the guy yeah, I was the guy because I, they were like, oh, yeah, we can mess around with this guy. And then it's not gay because he's not and gay. And right? they were probably like kind of kind of like in the closet or whatever. Yeah, they were yeah. like as upfront about it as you were. Yeah. yeah. And so what ended up happening, a lot of those guys ended up like they're they're either closeted or they're ma- like they're closeted and married or they like are out, out and gay and about. But like a, what ended up happening was like that kind of put me in this weird cycle where I would meet people under those circumstances all the time. Right. And when you meet enough people in those circumstances, the gooning thing just kind of fucking goes hand in hand with that. Well, yeah, because you're centering like sexuality into every interaction at that point where it's like. Yeah. And so you would I would get invites to like I would have friends come over or I would have friends ask me to, like no one ever came over to my house. My house was the crack house. So like no one would come over. You know what I mean? Like my house was literally like a halfway house. Like my dad had turned the halfway house that he came from into like a halfway halfway house. So like if you got kicked, I don't oh, know, there's a lot, yeah, there's a yeah, lot yeah. of lore. <laughs> there's a lot of lore to my life. But <laughs> what ended up happening was my dad was on drugs most of like growing up and in, in recovery. And he when he was on his recovery journey, he would meet people that were like fucking up bad and he would just bring them home. Right. So like I grew up around a lot of fucked up people, like just, you know, people like just trying to not they weren't complete pieces of shit, but they weren't fucking like they, they weren't like squeaky clean and they were in this between state where they were trying to figure out themselves so that's like another key component to like you know these circles right these circles of hyper loneliness and like the dudes that i was meeting like when i was like you know the the guy like in high school and like late high school when i got out and i was going to community college and stuff i would get invited all the time to like hey do you want to come through to hang out at my house. And it was, I, I initially just thought it was like a kickback through me and three other guys. And we hang out and we'd be watching TV. And then one of the guys would be like, you guys want to watch porn? And then that, you know what I'm saying? And it would start off innocently enough where they would do shit like that and then beat their meat all the goddamn time. And then it became a meetup. Does it like, that was the thing that they did. None of these guys were gay. They didn't <laughs> like, I was the only one there that was <laughs> right. That I was like, so right. And like it eventually evolved into like, you know, more more stuff but none of these guys were like yet yeah, like we're having gay sex but there's nothing gay about it right <laughs> like there's it was a very yeah but literally yeah they were because like well there's girl porn there's like guy there's like girls and guys banging on like straight porn on the tv so it's not gay that i'm blowing you right yeah like, do you know what i'm saying like Rock it's solid very, yeah <laughs> so but in those circles right like you hang out enough, you meet enough people in those like circles, you eventually find, I don't know, like I, you just find yourself traveling in these circles and I would meet people like that all the time. And there's like a, there's like 
three ways that you can really get into gooning. And one of them is that like, you're extremely fucking lonely and you have no idea how to talk to people. And so like, the only thing that makes you feel human is like sexual, you know what I'm saying? And like, you are so desensitized for whatever reason, like sexually desensitized that the only thing that can get you off is yourself. So like, there's like a feeling of, I can only, the only thing that's gonna get me off is me. But if there's another person there with me, then it's not as weird. You know what I'm saying? It's there's like a th yeah. that's I, so I knew a guy. Um, he was my best friend's sister's boyfriend when mm -hmm. I was in high school, <laughs> mm -hmm. and he was like an older guy. He was like he was like he had done in like a five and dive in the Marines, mm -hmm. and he was kind of fucked up in the head after being in Iraq, mm -hmm. and he we were like hanging out and again he's like. 28 i'm like 19 or so and he says to me and my like younger brothers like you know if you think about it it's like gayer to watch porn uh, or no it's gayer to have sex with a woman because like she's had a bunch of dicks or whatever it's like pretty straight to just like jack off the porn even if it's like gay porn or whatever and we're like oh cool man yeah there's, there's a definite there's a definite like aspect where your brain is just fucked up and that's just normal to you you know what i'm saying and like yeah. and those are the people that i would meet and then the they're the sadder people that i would meet and like this is because like i i talk about this on my own podcast all the time where like i've always been in this weird position where like i've always been around heavy drug users and i'm too afraid to use drugs because i saw what it did to like my dad and stuff but yeah. i'll use like weird drugs like i i loved fucking uh what is that because i like delirians Right. Like I'll take like 40 Benadryl and like everyone is like, you know, <laughs> smoking meth and shit. And I'm like, I just I'll have like 40 Benadryl, guys. You know what I mean? You're going like, crazy with the did Benadryl. You do, yeah. uh, did you do uh, robo tripping? Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. I had something I used to call <laughs> night juice. Right, night juice. What, what yeah. is that? Please what is night juice? I'd like <laughs> to hear what night juice is. Night juice is, <laughs> night juice is gin and grape dimetap. Let's fucking go. <laughs> wow. My night night juice is what I call it. And I used to drink and like because what happens is like you go to sleep but you're awake. I don't know. <laughs> like, like you're awake, you're fully functioning, and you you can do things. I had a whole job when I was on. I was like fucked up on night night juice. I used to. Uh, I was a pizza delivery driver as an. You know. <laughs> I was fucking fucked up on night night juice. Yeah, I, I, I never got in an accident or anything, but I definitely sh should not have been doing that. Spoilers! <laughs> spoilers for the uh, spoilers for the Ivan Reitman film Tully. But uh, that literally happens in the film Tully. She yes. she thinks she has hired a nanny for her child, but she is working a day job and then staying up all night with her sleepless infant and thinks she has hired a nanny because she is so delirious on like uh, sleeping pills and insomnia. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I've it's my life growing up i've just kind of always been exposed to some kind of background madness right like yeah. mental illness is like this thing that exists in my family like in a mexican family you don't have mentally ill you're just crazy fool like that's it <laughs> right like there's you're not my like my my uncle there's a a little fun story that i tell people my great great uncle uh died in mexico um he was a strong man he was like a big massive guy in like the 1800s right like a fucking massive ass dude 
at the time in like Mexico, when most people were like five, 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 four, you know, like still kind of the same. He was like, six, you're talking three. about 2005. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, he's like six, three. He was like six, three and like 230 pounds. And he used to have a sideshow where he would lift up stuff. And he like his coup de gras, like his, that, you know, how he would end every show is he would knock out a cow. He would go and he would, his hand, he was that strong. He would punch <laughs> oh, a fucking yeah. cow in the forehead and knock it oh, out. Oh, that's so cool. We need that that's, today. I don't, well, I don't know if you want, if anyone, everyone's like, oh, that's, no, it's not. A cow's skull, you need like a lot, an insane amount of PSI to just like, So you break you know. your fucking hand before you knock it out, you'd think. Yeah, well, he, well, if you if you are not strong enough to live lift an average sledgehammer, you cannot break a cow's skull with a sledgehammer. Yeah, I'm yeah, I tell you. Yeah, he, it was so you know like not you know this is the eighteen hundreds, a different time, but that was his like yes. how he would show people that you know that was his like feats of strength. But he was a schizophrenic, like you know, like the everyone like were everyone in the town that he was in were was afraid of him. Right. Like that was more they paid him to just put on his sideshow more than they actually, you know what I'm saying? Like were like his. It was like welfare. Yeah, it was because his feats of strength were like impressive and all that. But they were terrified of him because he would go town to town and beat the absolute dog shit out of the pre like any preacher or priest that he saw. Oh, they were paying like protection money, like yeah, like like a racket, but from him, yeah, right. But he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he would throw a little, like you know, party before he. (laughs) I don't know how to explain (laughs) it, but he gathered. That's crazy. One day, he gathered everyone in the town, like in a town together, that had like, and he got on some train tracks, and he said, "I'm gonna fucking punch this train off the track." No, and, and he died. He oh, killed himself. No. That's how he died. He holy fuck! Oh my so God, that's bro. something that happened in Mexico, and like that's a <laughs> that's a family. I don't know the validity of it, but that's the story. But there's pictures of my uncle, my Theo Aggie, and he's fucking huge, and like <laughs> my Theo Felipe, in like now you know he's passed away now, but the town where he grew up in Tulare, people were terrified of him because for the similar reasons. He was a big giant guy. And he would like he would show up to parties that he he would just see parties on the street. He would walk in there and he would walk up to random people and he would just go like, it's about that time. (laughs) And people would be like, what the fuck are you talking like? You know, who is this guy? And then he would just (laughs) he would just like go and party and do whatever. And then he would walk up to people like the people that he said it's about that time. And he would just beat the shit out of them. And then (laughs) people like, you know, when he calmed down, people like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, what are you doing? And he would be like, I told him what time it was. (laughs) <laughs> right so like he was he was just a fucking crazy person and so like you know my whole dad's side of the family is very much they're crazy people my mom's side of the family is also crazy people but like because of that i grew up in this weird nexus of psych like psychotically what i think is like really important from what you're saying there is not the story itself about about villages of people paying protection money to your Paul Bunyan uncle. But I'm like curious, like how was that story told in your family? They t- they tell that story like a pride, like, oh, your Theo Augie was so cool. Yeah. 
right? And like my so that's the like, thing you're telling us, like in an ambivalent, like this guy was known for his he, violence yeah, and danger. Yeah, he's but a psychopath. Your family for most of your life has told you this guy was this guy f- could fuck anybody up. He was so cool. Yeah, my to be uncle. honest, he he's. I mean, he sounds pretty awesome. I can't lie. <laughs> I, I, he's, that story, I really like your your great great uncle. I'm well, a so big like, fan. My Theo Felipe was the same, right? The same way, like just a massive giant dude that would beat the absolute shit out of anybody and the whole town was afraid of him but you ask anyone in my family and they're like yeah he was a cool guy because he fixed bikes <laughs> i'm like no, he was a fucking psychopath right? what are you talking about right like i i have the clarity of mind to be able to understand that yeah he might have been a nice guy who would fix your bike but he also would beat you within an inch of your life because god told him to do that he used to do that all the time he used to walk this is how he- this is how this is how mexicans and uh italians can find common ground <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, no. not, he's not criminally violent that's just uncle tony that's just no. what he does it's, it's divine intervention yeah. it's just how they've, he gets they've down. talked to god yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no my dad used to literally be like no this is how he gets down fool like it's not even like that. I'm like, what do you mean dude like what are you talking about that's how he gets down what are you what are you talking about yeah so like i don't you know that kind of like family history though like growing up i don't know how the fuck i ended up where i had the clarity of mind to like understand that everything that was when i was growing up everything that was kind of fucked up and weird was like not normal but also like i couldn't let it affect me you know what i'm saying and so like yeah can i can i put something to you about like how that came to be yeah. Like, because I want to know what you think, because I think there's a level of fucked up I could have been that I'm not as well. And I I attribute it to the Internet. I think a lot of people really hate on, you know, online culture and the Internet. But I mean, just being able to see that not everybody lives the kind of life I do as a kid or or experiences the same thing I do is like really edifying to like talk to somebody who who has lived a similar experience and been like no what you're living through is bad (laughs) i don't so i didn't have like steady access to the internet till i was like 17 oh shit really yeah like i i didn't even know what the internet was until like seven like yeah literally 17 like when i met my first girlfriend because she had internet and like because my my grandma how old you are what what i'm I'm 33 so like so, 1990 I'm 36 uh, and I was on the internet by the age of like 11 for yeah. for context. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, so so that's pretty late. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah extreme, for you Marcos. Extremely yeah. late, right? So like I don't what I attribute it to is that like and I I tell this story, I've told this story like maybe a thousand times on my podcast, but I and I tell it on almost every podcast I end up on. What I attribute it to was when I was 14. No, 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 no. When I was 12. I okay. I am the size that I am now. I'm like 5'5". Five, five. I'm short, but I'm big. Like I'm a big, solid guy. And I was the size that I was now that I am then. So like when I was like 11, I got, I just had a growth spurt at 5'5", five, five, and I started getting fucking massive and strong. And I was like, yeah. And like that kind of size on a on a child that was like made fun of, you know what I'm saying? You eventually become a bully. And so like, by the time I was 12 years old, I was a fucking absolute menace. And I was in the sixth grade and I was like beating the absolute fucking shit out of everyone and anything that I could, you know what I'm saying? Like I was just a violent animal. Like I was literally like, I had been in like 13, 14 fights before the end of the first, uh, I think three months of school. 
You were just following your heritage. Well, no, I was, like. <laughs> I was like, I, I grew up, I had like a really violent home. Like my, you know, my dad on drugs and my mom, you know, was just fucking kind of not there. Like, so I, I was le- the example. I was taking the rage that I was feeling at home and I was just pouring it out. You know what I'm saying? Like to mm-hmm. anyone that could. And I, and what changed and changed me and, and fucking fixed me was when I was 13 years old, I got the absolute dog shit beat out of me by pretty much the entire school. Right, like, in I was in middle school, and I, what happened was I beat this kid up named John. I think his name was John Duarte, and I beat the not John. Yeah, you oh you know, (laughs) I I beat him. I beat him up. I beat him up real bad. And he had two older brothers. One was like twenty one, and the other one was like nineteen. And like one day, I'm walking, I'm walking like home. I just school just let out. Bell just rang, and his brothers come out of the car and start kicking my ass they start beating the shit out of me and they you know they won they're a big ass adults and then like instead of the school administrators and like this is like in the 2000s so like the school back then was way less safe than it was than it is now you know what i'm saying like the it used to be hockey rules were like yeah i let them fight for a little <laughs> bit and then when they're tired yeah, they didn't then, even adopt do, do you remember that like anti-bullying campaign that started happening in like the early 2010s i think it was yeah, you it was, didn't even have that yet yeah that yeah, wasn't even a, yeah. yeah no there were there was literally <laughs> hockey rules where i went to school right like it was like you let them fight for like a you know 20 minutes and then you come in and swoop them up you know what i mean like let them get yeah. tired let there be a winner first and then you get, you know what i'm saying <laughs> That I want to say, I want to say as a teacher in 2023, that is not the policy now. (laughs) But life finds a way. Probably for the best. Life finds a way. It does. (laughs) So I was getting my ass beat and then random kids from the fucking, like who were getting out, started like fuck you marcos just get him they started kicking me and beating and like pretty much the entire school beat my ass like i'm not even joking about that like i i ended up just doing like fucking two weeks in the hospital because i got beat up that bad by an entire no don't say don't feel bad for me i deserve that shit (laughs) right see but the thing is we're talking to you and we're not talking to them (laughs) that's the thing we're on your side here but wait but juniper (laughs) juniper you got to think about it this way uh-huh. They unionized against him. That yeah, was they a did. <laughs> oh, okay, so I'm t- okay. You're yeah, right. That's some other asshole position. is on a podcast tonight telling that story. Like <laughs> about the dog shit out of, shit that out guy. of this kid. <laughs> yeah. So when I so what ended up happening was when I got when I came back to school, I'm all you know. I uh, they broke my fucking wrist. They broke my fucking my knee. They broken. I was bu- you know fucked up. And I came back to school. And I first off, I got charged for that. I got charged with assault, even though I got. <laughs> Even though I was whatever. Anyways, uh, I like. Even though you lost the fight, you yes. instigated it, but you also lost yeah, and yes. you got so charged. I still got charged with that. Anyways, I so I go back to school and people are throwing ketchup packets at me. And I'm, you know, I'm in a wheelchair. Oh my God, people dude. Are fucking, they're throwing water bottles at me. They're fucking spitting in my lunch. They were slapping me because I couldn't do anything about it. And they, they did that shit to me for four months until finally the administrators called my mom and they were like, Hey, we're expelling your son. And because like he's a he's a like he's it's a risk. Like the entire school is just fucking. I've seen it done. I've seen it yeah. done. Like a like a wellness expulsion. Like yeah. give him a year, let him yeah, come back. Go so go somewhere. So they sent me to a different school. And I I mean, word travels, like people knew. And I went to that school and I was people fucking were fucking with me there. And that kind of perspective of that there's always someone bigger, there's always someone stronger changed 
the tra- honestly, I'm grateful for it because it changed the, tra- the trajectory of my life. It made me not be, it made me realize that all the violence and shit that I was subjected to at home was not me. It wasn't my f- fault. I, yeah. You know like, it, like yeah. I didn't do anything about it. Like I was yeah. just in it. Right. And I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I feel fucking like very grateful that I was in that position and that I had the mental capacity to, to not take all that pain that I was feeling when I was, you know, being, you know, like getting, like trying to recover, you know, like, and, and people were fucking me up instead of taking that pain and letting it sour me, it kind of changed. I have to be better. You know what I'm saying? And like, honestly, that's anyway, how that, how that all fucking ties into like my life and like the, the, the like, gooning that well like just the lonely stuff it's good <laughs> oh yeah 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 because it's gooning is alone is a symptom of loneliness in all right. honesty like, and any- i think that i think that like what we said even last episode when you brought it up is that you are literally the most normal gooner like you are <laughs> <laughs> it only gets worse with other gooners well, from it's, here they okay so what it is is addiction right uh-huh. all, all it all strives it all comes from addiction and all addiction really comes from is like alienation and loneliness, right? It's this feeling that like for a lot of people, I, and I get shit for this all the time, but I grew up around it. Like people would tell me all the time, like, well, I have a disease and that disease is addiction. And like, I would be like, you know, the way you make it sound like a disease, it sounds like it's one of these things that you're never going to recover from. And like, that's not true. To me, it's always been a learning disability, right? It's the inability to see that my consequences have actions and they're only getting worse and I'm responsible for them and be not being able to make those jumps. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a learning disability. Literally that's when, you know, when you're incapable of stretching your, your, uh, your logic or your brain to like understand the consequences of an action, they, you know, there's either psychosis, which is a different thing, or that's a fucking learning disability. And like, to me, addiction stems from loneliness and loneliness, like loneliness after a specific amount of time, like on your, by yourself, like in your own head, like not having, not feeling like you have anyone to reach out to, that becomes a learning disability. You are unable to, especially like after a long enough time, you're unable to like relate to people in a normal way or in a way that's that's like socially acceptable. You know what I'm saying? It, it, I I want to say here that like to all of our twelve step cells, I'm sorry, but like what <laughs> he is saying is actually like proven by like medicine and things. Damn, that, I just I just stumbled ass backwards. <laughs> no, 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 you're you're correct. Um, it's not that you are. It's not to say that you are correct. It's to say that there is data to support what you are saying, and so to the twelve step cells who are like once an addict, always an addict. <laughs> Like even Bill my, W had some flexibility around that, and you my should dad be was, really open to it. My dad was a hardcore like meth head, like one of the what, like literally just sold everything I owned. Would yes, you know, just, yeah, 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 you know, fucking meth head. He's been sober now for I think ten years, right? Oh hell yeah, he's fifty five. He's too fucking old to be out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he's an old. You, there's no such thing as old old ass addicts and the reason is either they, right. they kill themselves from their loneliness from their from their addiction or they realize how fucking dumb they look you know what i'm saying that they make that final connection yeah. that like fuck this is killing me this is bad and then like oh fuck you know what i'm saying and like 
all of the other problems, right? When you become addicted, when you become an addict, when you start having these issues, they compound and they make other parts of your life much harder to fucking get through. To, Definitely. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. So I mean, I grew up, I grew up like in a house full of addicts, right? Like, you know, different addictions, methamphetamine, heroin, fucking crack cocaine, cocaine, fucking ecstasy, whatever. Like, my dad ran this little fucking weird halfway house thing and I just happened to grow up in it. And like seeing all that stuff, you you meet the loneliest people you've ever met in your life. Like in a, in a position and in a time in their lives when they're probably the most alienated they've ever been. And like working, r- like running in those circles like and like developing sexually in those circles, you tend to find yourself in weird extremes, you know? And like that's, and that's where I found myself growing up, like, you know, it, it it touched everything that I lived in my life. It touched like my my dad and my mom's like problems touched every single thing in my life. But instead of me fucking ruining my life for that, I like lucked out. <laughs> I feel like I lucked out and I just had the perspective to be like, yeah, that's them. And I'm different. I'm a different person. You know, and, and like I wanna I wanna just like say here, Marcos, because I'm a person who hasn't really experienced a lot of like personal loneliness in the way you're describing in my life but i have done some and and i think that loneliness is a thing that even people who don't feel it often fear a lot and i and i think it's something to really like just sort of stop and if if you're not going to give yourself some credit marcos just sort of recognize that that's like a big that's a big thing to overcome i mean that's not that like what you're describing is not something that can be easily accomplished it sounds okay it sounds cool it sounds like i got my life together you know what i mean but my (laughs) i'm happy out of spite right like i'm i'm normal and regular you're happy bro yeah but out of spite though you know what i'm saying because motherfuckers want me miserable so fuck you you know what i mean (laughs) sometimes i mean honestly sometimes it just has to be like that though sometimes that's what it takes to to get better and like find yourself in a better spot in your life yeah that that's literally what it is like i'm i'm fueled by like a rage that most people will never understand (laughs) we're like i will be happy oh you want me to have a great day i will you know what i mean (laughs) you know what it makes me think of is uh in game of thrones the uh the wolf um when he's when he's walking around with uh Arya stark and she says to him, if you don't love anything, then what keeps you going every day? And he says, hate. <laughs> it's not, it's I don't like, hate. Yeah, man. I kind of, I kind of see what you're saying, man. It's I not can. even hate. It's just like, it's just kind of, what I've come to understand, right? Is that like systemically, my mom and my dad didn't come from a good household and background, Right in a lot of ways they became victims of a society that wanted them in the place that they were in right like and i was on a similar trajectory along with my brothers and sisters we were all on sim- like on a similar trajectory and i recognized that when i was like fucking 17 that this was the way that i was that the way the shit was going that i was going to either be a statistic you know what i mean or like some like i had the trajectory of like being an angry violent person in and out of jail the rest of my fucking life or i could be better and not better because like i knew i could be better but better because i fucking i refuse to let society win i refuse to let everything that society has dictated for me 
by the circumstances of my birth, by the color of my skin, by where I was born, by how I was born, by who raised me. I refuse to let those motherfuckers win. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm and you than clearly that. and I you clearly read than that. And you read a little bit of it's, uh, it's that that love of hate. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not. I call it hate. <laughs> Maybe it not doesn't hate, feel but like it's hate. More spite. It's, it's rage. But it it's sounds like. Yeah. like yeah. For, to me, it sounds like you've also read a little bit of uh, Frederick Douglass that helped you through that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, uh... You talk to a teacher about an academic text, <laughs> my big man. My, uh... He's gonna mark you up. No, my be careful. My uh, so my my half brother, my half brother, is um, half brother Miles, half black dude, uh, and I spent a lot of time in EPA in the nineties which is a very East Palo Alto in the nineties was a fucking dangerous ass place to be. But I spent a lot of time with his mom and growing up, she was very, she was such a nice person and hopeful. And I remember three things that she always gave me. She lived in like fucking one of the worst like neighborhoods in one of the worst areas in that time. Like the, I think it was East Palo Alto is one of the only places in America that like had the, the full double digit murder uh, rate, which has never happened in any other city, oh, shit. right? Where it's like, is I think it's like one in every, the way that the double digit rate works is that like for every 100 citizens, if one dies, it counts as like one, right? And like at that time in the 90s, it was at 90s or it was at 33 or something like that. So that for every, for every, for every 33 citizens, for every 100 citizens, 33, three of them were involved in a violent crime, right? Like Jesus. either, yeah, that's, she lived in that, right? She, that was like her lot in life. She wasn't going to, she, and the thing, I remember one time being very upset with my dad and my mom and I was, you know, I'm with this lady. That's not my mom, right? <laughs> that's like my dad's baby mama. Like I'm aware that the situation is fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like pissed off about it. I'm mad at my dad and I'm mad at everything. And she read, I think it was Langston Hughes. Uh, I never saw a I never saw a wild bird feel sorry for itself. It can drop dead, like frozen on a like on a cold winter's day, and at no point in its life would it ever feel sorry for itself. And I remember that, like, I remember that line. I remember it so like I remember her saying it to me because I was so angry at my dad and I was fucking like having a meltdown. I think I was like 13 or 14 and she said that shit to me and it changed. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it opened my eyes of like, I can't feel, I can't feel bad for myself. Right? So like I, do you, do you believe in God? I believe in the homies. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in Babalusa and the homies. <laughs> Cause that sounds like, you know, that sounds religious. It, I don't I don't know I don't know if it's religious. I don't I don't have like a really religiosity. I like I believe I believe that I'm I believe that I can I have the opportunity no matter what I always have the opportunity to make things better. You know what I'm saying? And like whether yeah. or not that's like a religious like that's a religiosity or like a religious belief, you know, contrary even to like the facts i still refuse to like deal with reality and be like no i can do i can i can be better i can do this. <laughs> i got this i got this but the, you know what i'm saying like that kind of shit is i don't know that's I, she she also she made me read the souls of black folk when i was growing up which is one yeah. of my fucking crazy yeah. I, like i don't know it 
her 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 hand in raising me like she's just some random lady that my dad banked but she <laughs> but she <laughs> means so much to me do you know what i'm saying yeah, and like yeah yeah and like i don't know how to Absolutely. like yeah i don't know how to like my i didn't i don't have a normal family life and i mean like because i didn't have this normal family life because i didn't have any of this sense of normalcy that a lot of people did you know when i was coming up that's how i found myself in all these weird niche like you know fucking experiences like gooning right <laughs> like, yeah so so i guess something i'm curious about is like when we did our original gooning episode we we kind of briefly touched on the i think it was called the the gooning um rehab it was like people trying to get away from gooning and i was kind of curious like what was that moment for you where you were like oh this needs to like stop people around me stopped and i was like oh i guess we're not having fun no more Right. Okay. Like, was it just like they grew out of it, they, or like? Well, no, because they they had porn addictions, and I was just addicted to sucking dick and fucking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they they all were like hard. That's the thing about porn addiction too. Like porn is porn is very strange to me. I've never understood it. You know, and like I get it. Like you, you know, you see hot things and you beat your meat to it. I guess, but like the aspect of desire that people end up putting into it when they watch too much of it it changes them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, like it's, it's a really dark thing too, because you don't even really have to be a gooner to get that level. Yeah. Of yeah. Like that kind of, yeah. Like porn, porn addiction is like a, a real thing yeah, for a lot of people. Really yeah. Dark. It's yeah. really yeah. dark. Listen, I love big oily butt cheeks as much as the next person, but I'm not like <laughs> looking at like, I'm not in this, like, you know, selling my house to fucking, uh, you know what I mean? To continue my fucking. And if you've got, and if you've got perfectly unoiled, normal butt cheeks in your face at the moment, <laughs> you're not going to be like, this sucks. I need yeah. some oily ones on a screen. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's that derealization, <laughs> right? Like that's what it is. Yes. It's, it's, it's yeah. further, it's alienation. Yeah. It's further alienation. Yes. It's another symptom of loneliness. It's that's why like, this is why I was talking about addiction and all this other, why we went on this stupid tangent. Cause it all kind of, comes back around but like my experience with gooning was not the normal experience i was literally i saw it as like a fucking sport right <laughs> like i was like oh you know what i'm oh saying oh my like, fucking god bro that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is what i mean by like i'm psychotic everyone else around me they were actual psychopaths but they you know they're sympathetic i do have no sympathy for me I'm, so, so, so these were the people. These were the people that had the ten screens up on the wall. They had the the ten posters on the wall. You just kind of showed up at these spots. Yeah. You didn't really have the the posters on your wall. No, no. And I, I would come no. home and just be like, oh yeah, I just fucking spent ten hours fucking jerking off at some guy's house. I feel good, you know. May go for a run or something, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's. I don't know how to fucking explain it, but I'm. I'm. Well, I'm also very good at compartmentalizing too, right? So that's probably another <laughs> another aspect to it. But like. I, so hey, like, uh, Mar Marcos, how how sure are you that there were very bad things that happened to you that you don't remember? Oh, absolutely positive. I, I I'm at get, like, I'm at like seventy. I'm at like I, seventy. I I don't want to get too sad about it, but like, I found out. Don't get I, too sad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 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 We'll uh, we'll talk about this off a of podcast. We'll talk about this. IRL. Uh, not tonight, bro. Because we, <laughs> yeah, 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 we gotta yeah, yeah, check we gotta, out here in a hot minute. Okay. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Goot no, you're no, 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 no. You're not not your bad. I'm just letting you know. Okay. Gooning. What what I wanted to get about with gooning is like what I really wanted to get at it is that larger. It's a symptom of loneliness, and a lot of lonely people are finding themselves in an extreme cycle of addiction. 
right? And that's what gooning is. It's just an extreme cycle of addiction for them. For me, I was more or less like, I, I think at the time I was dealing with a hardcore like sex addiction, right? And like, you know, I was like 19, from like 19 to like 22. I was like fucking on Craigslist every day. Do you know what I'm saying? Like looking for something to do or someone, right? Like, and that's where I, that's how I found myself traveling in these circles. And for them, it was about this alienation. This like, I'm on the outside or it was about drugs. They were like, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm partying. They called it partying with Tina, which, you know, crystal meth. They would be like, I'm partying with Tina who wants to come by. And like, and I would just, you know, my own danger, my own, like at the time I was 19, I was invincible. I didn't give a fuck about like anything. I'd be like, yeah, I'll go to this guy at the stranger's house in Los Gatos. This is fucking, you know, he's, <laughs> he lives on a compound. That's not weird. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but also like, I was sure of my, like, if, if anything happens, I'll beat the fuck out of him or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, and in all that time, lots of weird things happened to me, but nothing like nothing in a very dangerous way. And I think that's, well, one, it's because I'm a man and two, that it's, I'm very lucky for all these experiences. But like a lot of the gooners that I met, they were just very sad, very alienated people that don't know how to, to them, the only human thing that they know how to do at this point is like get off with someone else. And that's human to them. Like that was the only way they could relate to a person sort of. Yeah. Like that was like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is how I, this is what normal people do. Do you know what I'm saying? This is like how, how they make a friend or not even a friend necessarily, just how they find connection in this, this lonely world. Yeah. Often, a lot of times we, like I would go like to a session, right? Like that's, you know, (laughs) like I would go and (laughs) we get, we get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I would go (laughs) and we would, you know, do the, you know, do the thing for like hours and hours and hours, not talk have no conversation and then it would be done and then they'd look at me like you want to you want a Gatorade or something like a sandwich and we would just hang out and watch TV or like talk about Jesus play video games because these people Christ, these people were just lonely and at the time I was lonely you know what I'm saying like I I wanted to get to know them like, I had no there was almost nothing sexual about it if that makes any sense you know like it there makes was, a lot of sense it makes an uncomfortable amount of sense <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah th- this was just kind of like you know, okay, you want to go beat your meat with me for like the next couple hours. All right. Well, I see you're normal and you want to hang out now. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was a very strange, <laughs> there was a very strange aspect. Now that. that you've sucked the whole team off. We yeah. Can kinda... hey, you guys, yeah. You guys don't want to go watch a movie or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. And it's because there's like a, I don't know how to, I don't really know how to explain it, but like for them, they were incredibly lonely. I was also incredibly lonely but for them, the act of like the 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 act of gooning, the act of like getting together with their friends, or even just being like, you would not believe how many times some people would just fall away from it. They would fall away from it, and we wouldn't hear from them. From because I was I used to do like by the way, if you go to like sex addict stuff, you're just going there to fuck. That's literally what I was doing. I was just picking up anyone in the parking lot. I was like, hey, you want to you want a BJ or something? <laughs> like just like that's I did not go there for recovery. I don't know a single person who did. But that's kind of like how you would meet people and you, people would just disappear. You wouldn't see them for long periods of time and you would figure, oh, they got better or oh, they found themselves in a relationship or something, right? But no, they were gooning <laughs> like by so, solo. And those those <laughs> people either never came back or when they came back, they were worse. They were fucked up. Jesus. So here's what I want to say. Uh, that's going to be the final word in this episode. Thank you so much, Marcos. Yeah. Um, 
if yeah, thanks for if thanks you, for sharing your story. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get to all that uh, real quick. If you were really like, oh man, Western Kabuki did such a bad job with VTubers that they did not go into enough detail. I want you to consider what it means to go into enough detail after listening to all of this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <because> <laughs> My apologies for all the psychic damage. No, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not. We know what was going to happen. And I'm talking to the listener because they keep on saying like, oh, we love the Sneeko episode. We love the Gooning episode. We love the VTuber episode, but you could have done XYZ. And it's like, okay, maybe, but here's the follow-up up to the gooning episode so y'all decide <laughs> if you want to find out what happened to the various vtubers to make them like that i, yeah. I want you to really think a long and hard amount of time about it because i'm sure guargura or iron mouse or any of these people would love to talk to us but also what do you want to know about those people guys <laughs> No, I'm gl- I'm glad we did this like a deeper dive I, into to gooning. No, I, it it illuminated a lot. I mean, I think I, th- I think it makes sense that it kind of stems a lot from lone- loneliness, but it seems like that's like the primary main thing going on here. Yeah, especially like group gooning. It's yeah. it's a it's a loneliness that comes with like addiction. There's an addiction yeah. aspect to it where like yeah, you're you're stuck in a cycle of doing it. Because I, my addiction was a sex addiction, and it wasn't necessarily that kind of addiction. Like, having another person there was kind of the necessary part. So, do you know what I'm saying? So, like, I wasn't Definitely. I wasn't doing what they were doing. In fact, they to me, it was weird when they would go solo. But when they would go <laughs> solo, they those guys would fucking disappear. Like, they would just fall off the map. You wouldn't hear from them. You wouldn't. They would just. It was like they were, you know, it was like they were dead. It's crazy. And if they ever came back, they came back, like, Chris Chan levels of weird you know, like un just unable to function, basically unable to even hold conversations, just not mm. not on Earth anymore. I don't, space cases. It was weird. It was very strange. I got a burrito with one guy that I hadn't seen in like a year and a half. And he was like, my cat died. And he just said that out of the fucking blue. You know what I'm saying? We were, we were like, how you been, man? And he didn't say shit for like 20 minutes. And then he's like, my cat died. And I was like, it's been great, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, that person I guess has been to the dark side of the goon and back. <laughs> and that's, that's an episode, episode title, title right and I think that's an episode of Western Kabuki. Thank you so much, Marcos. You can follow us at Inter Show for Marcos at A Goldman for Alex at Bird Respector for Caleb and at J U N L P E R for Juniper at Back Nicholson Silent H and Whack for me. Thank you so much. We love you. Goodbye.